I'm Jamie Dew, and this is A Show of Strength. Hey, it's Jamie here, and it is the the first Sunday. Oh my gosh, it's the first Sunday of the month. So that means it's time for Songs of Strength. Songs of Strength is a show where I invite a guest to bring a playlist of six songs that tell a story of the strength they derive from the playlist. To crib a phrase from today's guest, welcome to wherever you are. Perhaps you've heard him on the do-over or Cheeseburger Chats, two of my previous podcasts, or perhaps you read his website and listen to his podcast over at thematinee.ca. At the risk of teasing you any longer, today I am sitting with the doodle-drawing, tea-sipping, sport-talking, film-loving, cheeseburger-chatting, Ryan McNeil. Ryan is encyclopedic, he's thoughtful, he's articulate, and he's empathetic. And these ingredients all make for a really great episode of the show. Ryan begins today's interview by revealing something pretty startling. But it's that kind of candor that ultimately opens the floodgates and produces what I think is a really fantastic episode of Songs of Strength. So listen, I'm going to stop talking up Ryan right now and you can get to know him a little better as we roll into today's episode. Fuck you, you're drunk and acting tough. I know you said you're not the only one who feels like that now. Well, I'm sitting across the table today from my friend Ryan McNeil, and he has brought me an adapter. And <laughs> God damn it, we plugged this thing in, and it just it doesn't work the way we want it to. So we're gonna we're gonna do this old school. We're, we're recording this on a on a Edison tin cylinder today. <laughs> really? I thought we were gonna do two tin cans and a string. <laughs> yeah. And anybody who wants to subscribe has to send a self address stamped envelope <laughs> to get their own can. No, um, Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's uh, it's the end of the week. It's my first five day week in about a month. I'm working five days in a row. That's for the birds. You've been doing some traveling. I've been doing well, just traveling, and I've scheduled myself some days off and nice. I had vacation days. We had a long weekend a while ago, and it just happened to stack up that May into June. I wasn't working a whole five day week. I think since the first week of May, right? And I got to Thursday, and I'm like, "When is the when is the bloody weekend showing up?" That's right. I am totally ready. So I'm 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 happy that it's it's a Friday night, and there are a few there are a few things I can actually think of that I would enjoy more doing on a Friday night than podcasting. So I'm I'm very happy to be here. Oh, excellent! I was just about to say, like, oh my gosh, there must be a list of things that you'd rather be doing, and I'm so grateful no that you've joined me. Um, but this is cool. This is a uh, a neat opportunity for us to talk about music and the show is called songs of strength. So, you know, these are songs that, you know, maybe provide you wind beneath your wings or strength at times. 
Um, maybe, you know, maybe they're just, uh, that Midler just got a residual. That's right. <laughs> maybe they're just, uh, you know, like a, the quote power songs or, or whatever, but we're going to get into that a little bit more deeply when we listen to your list, which I'm really excited to do. Cool. Um, but first I want to talk a little bit about you and, you know, if there's been a journey for you from a, from a mental health perspective, all of us have mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, mental health is something that everybody has. Mm -hmm. Um, not everybody has mental illness, but we all have mental health and, and how we keep that mental health is, is interesting to me. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, your own issues with anxiety, if there are any, or. Well, I, I come here actually to confess. I, I, I come here, um, bless me, Jamie, for I have sinned. Um, because I didn't take mental health all that seriously up until very recently. Um, and that is something I'm actually, one, ashamed of, and two, trying as best I can with however much time I have left to atone for. And it's not to say that I mocked anybody who ever brought up mental health because, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm not a monster. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just to say that I didn't, I, I had no experience with it um, beyond little moments of like something nasty would happen and I'd be in the dumps for a while. I didn't understand having a perfectly normal day and feeling out of sorts and what it would be chalked up to and how to articulate it. Um, so when I, you know, when I drifted into the orbit of people who did, um, I either, as I said, I didn't understand it. I sometimes might've even dismissed it and I certainly didn't react well. I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't have the kind of empathy that I do now. Um, now that started to turn itself around a few years ago. I was just going to say, how did you get from X to Y? Um, a friend of mine wrote something, a friend of mine who I, uh, drift in and out of their orbit every single day, um, wrote something and I had no earthly idea. Um, and I, and I remember just reading it and feeling my heart, break and what like around the same time that they wrote it i heard somebody else react to it and remember feeling just so put off by that reaction and things started to click into place as to like this was not around the time that something like bell let's talk was gaining more and more momentum and just understanding how things work understanding how people are wired how people are how people, some people articulate their thoughts. Some people do not. And it was all just like, it was just at a moment where it was all just hitting hard. It's really, really strange to me because they say when you get around the age I am, I I just turned 40 last week or two weeks ago. Thank you. Uh, They say that around the time you get to like late thirties, early forties, you are who you are. And this has really been a fascinating moment for me because I, hope and I kind of feel like I'm actually becoming a better person, you know, but they say that when you're, when you're in this stage, your politics are what they're going to be. Your tastes are what they're going to be, you know, everything. And it's like, no, that's not what's happening with me. There's actually still a lot that's very, very new, um, including my approach and my, uh, thoughts on mental health and, um, all of this better understanding and all of this empathy and all of this reconsideration, um, lined itself up just before I lost my father about a year and a half ago. And since then it's been much more prevalent. Um, and I don't think it's something that I'm necessarily always going to have. 
Um, I, I th- you know, I, there are things I know I can do and there are things I want to do. Whether or not I can do them is a different story. However, I do know that there's been like a lot, and, and I'm sure you know this as well, lots and lots of moments in between November of 2016 and now where I say to myself, I don't feel like myself. You know, I, 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 nothing has happened today. Nobody has said anything to me. Nobody has like, nothing has gone wrong, but something's off and I don't feel like myself. Part of it was just the understanding that myself and people can't see, but I'm doing air quotes has changed and I have to come to an understanding of who I am. Um, another part of it is a reconciliation of what losing a parent has meant and what I want to do with however much time I have left. Not to mention, Hey, how much time do I have left? And it's, there's, there, you know, there's, there's long stretches where it's easy. Um, there's a, there's patches where it's really difficult and it, and it's, it's been eye opening. And I'm sure that I'm, I'm certain that I'm not the first person. I'm certain that there are people who have it far worse. Um, but it's been, you know, I, I got lucky. I went 38 years without having much more than just a day or two of feeling in the dumps. And then I just, you know, woke me up, something happened and now it's way easier for me to feel off. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, when when that happens, have you found, a, I mean, outside of music, which we're going to get into, have you found a way to to manage those feelings? Um, or at this point, is it not something that you, in quote, have to manage? It's not something that I have to manage to the point where I cannot function. However when I am having those feelings in the course of a day, um, the best thing I've managed to find, um, that's, that's really actually helped me. And I, and I think it's probably in a response, like in response and in honor to kind of what got me, you know, the first domino to fall is I try to do something for somebody else. Um, it can be, I'll, I'll send somebody a song or I'll buy somebody a coffee or I'll, you know, send somebody a text just saying, how you doing? Um, it's, you know, I, I just kind of take a second and think to myself, I'm feeling like crap, but I think I still have it in me to reach out to somebody else and see if maybe I can pick them up. And by doing that, just by doing something out of the blue, unexpected, um, which was the kind of thing that my dad would have done. Like my dad loved doing little nice things for people. Um, it helps. Uh, so, so in terms of just beyond putting on the headphones and beyond, you know, kind of closing my eyes and laying down, if that's what I need, it's, it, that's usually the most, the, the fastest thing I'll do is try reaching out or specifically doing something small for somebody else. Okay. I just really wanted to check in just to make sure that, you know, that's something that you are, that you are, um, yeah. Um, taking care of yourself. Yeah. No. And, and, and thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's it's important. Like I, you know, that's kind of why I wanted to come on here and talk about that kind of thing. Um, I think that a lot of people have these kind of feelings and have these kind of moments and they just don't realize it. And they just kind of chalk it up to, Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm hungry or whatever they do. And they just soldier on. I've, um, you know, when I have articulated these kinds of feelings to other people, they've, they've even said like, you know, have you tried 
have you thought about trying therapy? And I'm like, I'm thank you. Um, but it's right now at the very least, I recognize it. Um, and I believe that I can navigate it. If it gets to a point where I'm not recognizing it or I can't navigate it, then I'm going to get somebody else to help right now. I feel as though I have the answers. Um, and I just need to remember to reach for them. And so far so good. You know what? I, I think that's really important. And the second, the second part of that, that's important to keep in mind as well is, um, the fact that you are sharing this information because it, it's good for your people, your, mm-hmm. your network to be reaching out to you as well. Like um, it, it's good that you have that, that, that piece nailed down that you feel comfortable that you could reach out if you started to lose sight, but people need to people listening to this right now, you know, there, there's a meme that's going around right now and um, it's, it's check in on your strong friends and there's, something really important about that because sometimes it is smoke and mirrors we we don't know you know our strongest friends we 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 don't know what's going on under the hood and sometimes just checking in and asking might be the catalyst for them um taking the next step yeah this is like it's it's i i have no it i (laughs) as far as listening to content and reading content and all that jazz go i like you know as a content creator i've become used to the rhythm where you put something out into the world and you'll be surprised as to who will consume it and who won't consume it um so you know like you can hope that your best friends will will watch or will listen or will read um but and and maybe they won't you know that their day is just like way too slammed or they've got 10 other people asking them to watch read or listen um but then meanwhile you'll also have somebody who's kind of in the peripheral of your orbit like your wife's cousin or you know somebody who you used to work with who you haven't really talked to um will listen so that's the funny thing is i actually right now have no idea who might hear me speaking like this for starters um and i do know that most of them will have no idea um, because it's it's something I only articulate to very very few people, and it's not that I'm afraid or ashamed or anything like that. It just doesn't come up, and to a lot of other people, I'm the person who kind of picks them up. You know, um, it's kind of like kind of what you were saying there about check in on your strong friends. Um, the the moment that I always kind of come back to lately is. There's a, there's a moment in the first Superman movie where, uh, where Christopher Reeve has got Margot Kidder and he goes, it's okay, ma'am, I've got you. And she says, you've got me. Who's got you? Got you. Yeah. It's, it's that thing, you know, you've got Superman in your life, but who's got them? That's right. That's a great, that's a great visual. I love the way she does that. Um, before we get to the music there, I, so every year around my birthday, I reread my favorite book. Okay. Uh, my favorite book, um, and, I've, and in many ways I've outgrown my favorite book, but my favorite book is uh, High Fidelity by Nick Hornby. So I reread it just recently, just before this podcast. And I love that book. There's, um, it, it's, it's been amazing revisiting it, man. I, it's, I, I once saw a lot of myself in it, and not, not so, so much, much anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, another sign of evolution. <laughs> um, but, you know, in terms of talking about listening to music, there's actually a really cool uh, moment in the book where he, where Rob Fleming in the book, Rob Gordon in the movie played by John Cusack says, is it so wrong wanting to be at home with your record collection? It's not like collecting records is like collecting stamps or beer mats or antique thimbles. There's a whole world in here, a nicer, dirtier, more violent, more peaceful, more colorful, sleazier, more dangerous, more loving world than the world I live in. There's history, geography, and poetry and countless other things I should have studied at school including music. 
So when I think to myself, why do I actively chase down music and why do I collect music and why do I always have it nearby? It's because I want to be able to go to these worlds because sometimes they're a little bit more appealing than the one I'm in or they're helping me navigate the one I'm in. Oh, I really like that. Thanks, man. Try to do my homework. Well, let's listen to some tunes. Let's. What have you got for us today, Ryan? I have a broad mishmash of stuff that goes uh, well into the past and comes up to uh, last year, I think, is the most recent one on here. Um, and these are mostly, I mostly will listen to these at work. Occasionally I'll listen to them at home or while I'm on the go. Um, but they all, they're all in my pockets. They're not all necessarily gathered together. They all have a different purpose. Um, but they're, they're usually well at hand. So I think we're going to start with the oldest track. All right. Yeah. I think this is a, I think it'd be tough, <laughs> tough this to is, get this much is a oldie. We're spinning some Ludwig here. There we go. So this is Beethoven's 7th. It's the second movement of the Beethoven's 7th Symphony. Uh, it has been used in many, many different films. Um, you know, we're, we're, watch, we're looking at it from the King's Speech soundtrack. It's the moment at the end when he finally addresses the nation. Um, this song is calming for me. Uh, it's this, you can already hear this slow, rocking melody that that the whole thing mostly has and it's mostly just this back and forth and back and forth and it starts out so pianissimo so very soft and gentle and it's one of those things that can help me find center very quick um it sounds kind of ominous it's very like the opening is very soft um but you quickly hear these two themes that work in concert um that i'm course speaking over <laughs> but what i love about it is classical music especially and musical in general but classical music especially more than one thing can happen at the same time in concert and that's a beautiful metaphor for me is that you can feel off your game you can feel cloudy you can feel like you're out of spoons but you can still accomplish other things and have two things happen in concert at the same time It's really beautiful. So the other thing I love about this song is that I'm a person who is a creature of habit. And a person who's a creature of routine. And I love that this just, you know, one of the most recognizable symphonies that this man ever wrote is a repetition of, a, you know, one turn through the spiral. Like the, the basically you're having the same basic framing happen set four repetitions over um, each about a minute, actually, too. That's the kind of cool thing. Um, and every time you go, you know, you get a little bit more strings or you get a little bit more, um, bass in it or something like that. So it's it, no two times are exactly the same, 
but they are very similar. So as a as a creature of routine, I'm like, this is why I take comfort in this. This is why I take comfort in routine and in this track. Interesting. So now is the moment in the song where all of the themes have woven together. The whole thing also begins to lift. So if I originally needed that kind of consolation and that calmness, now I'm ready to get back on my feet and start moving. What's interesting to me at this point as well is this is a this is a track that at the beginning you really need to focus on. Mm-hmm. You really need to listen for it. Yep. And now we're at the point where it's coming for us. Yeah. We don't have to focus as hard, so it almost it's almost surprising, and there's yeah. a delight with that surprise. Yeah. And you're gonna get one like crashing the barricades there. Um, you know, which really kind of, it's like, no, all right, let's go get him. Yeah. It started so quiet. It's not like running up the steps or anything like that, but this is, you know, if you're, if you're getting your game face on, this is when you're walking through the tunnel. You can understand why it's been used in film. Oh, yeah. Uh, very cinematic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, a friend of mine, Kurt Halfyard, has actually says this is one that should be retired. Uh, he says it's been used in epic manner in, in a few different films that you're not going to top that. So just stop. Stop. You know, just don't even try. That's hysterical. And now you got this little, cute little curtsy at the end. It's like a kiss on the forehead. I love it. I can't remember the last time I got kissed on the forehead. <laughs> so how did you come into that song? I swear it was in a, like just in a movie. It's yeah. a, that's a, I, I grew up, uh, I went to an art school and I grew up with a, a kind of a cursory understanding of like really Titanic classical music. Um, so it, it should not have taken me into like my thirties to find a movement like that, but it probably came up in a movie and, and around 2010, around when King's speech came out would have been when the first time I really encountered it. And since then it's, it's never been far away. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's go into your next track. It's another instrumental one. Yeah. At first listening to your list today, I thought that they were all going to be instrumental. No, um, no, no. I really, I really dig this. This is Hand Covers Bruise by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Trent Reznor, the brains behind Nine Inch Nails, did not grow up listening to Nine Inch Nails. And I imagine if I told people I had a Nine Inch Nails song, they would think of something much harder. Sure. Um, this, that opening 18 seconds of just straight buzzing, that is what my anxiety sounds like. That's fucking cool. That little that that and it's through the whole song. It's there the whole almost time. like it just it drops right at the end, but that's what it sounds like. When things are not going alright for me, it sounds like that. My emotions, I can tag a lot of my emotions to musical cues. Like I can tag when somebody sets me off, I can tag it to a there's a metric song that it's that the opening of it sounds like. Um or or when I'm feeling 
at my most jubilant, it sounds like a Who song. Um, but though that, yeah, my anxiety sounds like that buzzing. And what I love, and I'm talking over the whole damn thing, is that you have this gentle piano underneath it that's, to me, emblematic of whatever solace you're looking for is it's still contained within your anxiety. You know, you, it's, you may have to look for it. It may not come to you that day, that week, that month, that year, but it's in there. And so this song always reminds me of that. This is probably the one I'll reach for first over. Uh, I know we talked about the Beethoven first, but this is usually where I go first. Okay. Um, this is very emotional. This song made me is. emotional listening to it today. It is. And I mean, it's, it, I know a lot of people who hate it. I know a lot of people who hear those piano notes and can't stand it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, in the background now, you can hear this kind of wailing, this kind of low... You can hear a couple things. You can hear a low thump, and you can hear this high-pitched wailing. And I hear that sound. And I think of ghosts. Oh, that to me sounds like like spirits or something. Okay, that are fighting. You know, that are that are basically either trying to hang on or leaving. And that's because they get louder and louder and louder. And again, they just go at the end. Now we've got the piano back. What do you hear in this? Like you've, I've told you what I hear. What do you hear in this? Well, the piano is very calming to me. Um, because I... Sorry. I just want to listen for just a second here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, I told you, it made me emotional listening to it today. Um, I think you articulating that the buzzing at the beginning represents or is what your anxiety sounds like was striking for me because it's it's off-putting. Mm-hmm. And the feedback in, in the background, like the, the wailing, that, that feedback layer is off-putting as well and none of that stuff should um it should be grating yeah but instead what it what it is to me is it's it's ominous and it's um listen to the end of this because we're coming up on the end and listen to everything escaping it's like a valve being turned off the buzzing goes away the low goes away And eventually the ghosts go away. Right? Like it all, it's, you know, it's simplistic to say this because it's just the end of the track, but it all stops, including the joy. Like that that is important to remember that, you know, you're not going to have that that joy in there all the time, but it, it all disappears. Oh, say so I didn't hear for me. I don't hear joy. I just, I hear calm, calm because, but it, I mean, the calm goes away too. You're not always going to have the calm either. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I was swept up in the rest of it that I didn't catch the end because I didn't catch that it necessarily went away because 
again, it was off-putting. It was almost like dealing with something you don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to something that sounds, I don't want to get too, you know, like too deep with this, but yeah, yeah. like to me, it sounds like something um, that is like high voltage, something that I, I don't want to touch, but I need to touch. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's calling me in. And then there's this, you know, sort of calming lull with, with, the, with those, um, those three notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed that. And again, very cinematic, right? Yeah. Very cinematic. Which is funny because that track just plays over a kid running around campus. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, the opening of that, it's very, very inauspicious. From what? From Social Network. From Social Network, um, okay. It's very inauspicious. It's just uh, Jesse Eisenberg like leaving the bar where um, Rooney Mara dumps him and just running, like jogging or like fast walking from that bar back to his dorm and saying nothing, interacting with no one, just walking across Harvard campus. Interesting. It's, you know, like as far as opening sequences go, it's very low key. Huh. Yeah. Let's go into the next track. Got a here. song with words coming now, people. Yeah, let's let's hit it. This is um, "I'll Still Destroy You" by the National. So this opening reminds me of both a heartbeat and an alarm going off. Like this is this little ooh, ooh, is this, is something's up. I need to do something. Um, and it has one of the best opening lines of anything in this playlist. It's so easy to set off the molecules and the caplets. So this play on the Montagues and the Capulets, but in terms of your own body's physiology and whatever you use to treat it. Yeah. There's this lift after 45 seconds, so it's not all going to be that abrasiveness that the last song was or that this song began. But it still feels timid and with a lot of doubt until about a buck 40 in when the drums get a little harder and the snare kicks in because then it's time to get shit done. Still destroy you. 
He's talking like, no matter how much love I give my children, I know I'm still the best love. That's, yeah, that's uh, pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you can read every book. You can be present or you can be absent, but you're still going to affect your children. This is another line coming up that I really love. I think. I have no positions. No point of view or vision. I'm just trying to stay in touch with this part. Trying to t- I'm trying to stay in touch with anything I'm still in touch with. Ryan just did an incredible sort of like, like, what the fuck? Like, with his shoulders and his arm in my direction. You know, I'm like, going crazy, but I'm not crazy. That's that's the thing I love, is that you... It's it's your... The, the phrase that you burnt into my brain of sick, not weak. It's that same sort of thing. It's It can be, I'm feeling out of sorts today but i'm not out of sorts i i'm going crazy but i know i'm not crazy and that like all just built into this song that's musically much more optimistic than anything that we've listened there's there's definitely an x and a y here with the music and and not necessarily the melody because the melody is there's an optimism in the melody but the way he's choosing to sing, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is how he sings in all the songs. He sings. He he often sings really low, but it's it's low and it's guttural, mm-hmm. and uh, and now we get this one minute spastic outro. So if you really needed to get it out of your system, here it is. Um, I, I it's funny. I was a late convert to this band. Um, they they've like again late in life. I'm still discovering new things. Um, I've been, I've only been a fan of them for like four or five years. Um, oddly enough, after talking to the brother of the lead singer on my podcast, oh really? Did, yeah, there was a documentary about them, and he did he directed it. So I got to talk to him, and that was kind of the beginning of it. But I but at that point, they were already like playing for Obama. Oh wow, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah, Ryan hosts a wonderful podcast um, that you should look up. And it's called the Matinee Cast. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts uh, or anywhere you better get podcasts. podcasts are found. Yes, well, that's much better. <laughs> we'll go slide right into the next one. We better. Uh, this is the first song that has memories attached to it. This is Otis. Let's let him just sing for a minute. I've got dreams, dreams too. I've got dreams, dreams to remember. Honey, I saw you there last night. Another man's arms holding you tight. Nobody knows what I feel inside. One of the best pieces of advice I ever came across was uh, at PodCamp a few years ago, a podcaster saying, showing a picture of Otis Redding singing in Norway and saying, podcasting should feel like this. Oh, God. And yeah, and there is precious little in the world that Otis Redding cannot sort out for me. 
Um, you know, you would think that that would be the song that I reached for at the beginning. Um, I was raised on uh, 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s music. So this always reminds me of being a boy. Uh, my parents didn't specifically listen to Otis Redding, but he was one of the songs that would come up a lot. And I really only came across this song about a year ago when I saw it played on the conclusion to the show, The Leftovers. Yeah. And it was possibly one of the saddest things I've ever seen on a show. One of the most, like, sad is, sad is the wrong word. It was one of the most bittersweet scenes I've ever seen. Is that the two of them sitting on the porch? No, it's the two of them dancing. Oh, okay. He has a dance, and at the time, there's a question of whether or not they remember each other. And he still wants to dance with her anyway. So you have this this perfect song talking about I want to remember something you know which that's its own kind of talk on anxiety of things that you're sure for you know and even the crazy thing is the dream that he wants to remember that he's talking about in his song it's about something bad you know he's talking about seeing the love of his life with somebody else and yet he wants to hold on to that you know it's it's a reminder that even even the the darkness is not necessarily something to be forgotten and you hang it all on Otis's voice so well his voice is so perfect yeah it's so wonderful mm-hmm. and you know i don't want to i don't want to add anything to to your journey with this song but i i do wonder if you know this is a a little bit of grieving as well in in this song a little bit we'll get the grieving is more in the next song um but there's a little bit in it like anytime anytime i hear certain songs and certain artists it it, you know it's it gets a smile and a tear at the same time absolutely i mean those are the best songs right oh yeah where you're like um you're you're Oh God, you can't even describe the, you're done. And even if you've never smoked a day in your life, you just fuck a cigarette would be perfect. Right <laughs> now. Like it would be just, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, but, uh, no, that's, uh, kids stay away from cigarettes. Please do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I apologize for, for putting my, maybe, maybe that was me listening. No, to no, no. By all means. It's, it's, it's a communal experience. You know, yeah. that's what's, I mean, I do love the, um, I, I do love the self care and the treatment of listening to music on my headphones in the dark or, or, or at my desk or, you know, sitting on the steps or whatever by myself, but I love it just as much, possibly more that it's a communal activity that sure. you can share a song that you can hear a song together. The next song that we're going to listen to is one that I heard surrounded by people and found myself lifted um it's it's so versatile that's that's part of what i love about it and that song that we're going to listen to ryan is that song is nowhere fast by Margot price jamie do i fell in love this year which is really strange to say you know you get a stable relationship for 17 years but um i fell so hard in love around the corner from this very room at the danforth music hall with Margot price back in march when i saw her play this tour um i was lifted i i had been listening to her records for a while but i'd never seen her play a live show and it was like going to church uh in the very very best way um she's an old school voice she's not very old she's mid-30s but she sounds like she sounds like dolly parton 
to For me. sure. Yeah, you could, um, you could picture this being like 1960s, country western. Yeah. Her music is very much about being broken down and very much about trying to find something else in it. The funny thing is I actually can't find the meaning for this song, the idea of going nowhere fast. Like she makes it sound like where nowhere is where she wants to go. You know? Oh interesting. She's not she's okay. not sounding she doesn't sound as if she's stuck. Like she's in the present but she's trying to forget the past. Like I I think of it almost like mindfulness, being grounded. Yeah. And when you're um you know, if you're trying to forget the past and really living in the moment then you are savoring life probably the way it should be savored yeah. and enjoyed uh and that might be slowly yeah. you know rather than thinking about tomorrow or worrying about yesterday or vice versa yeah um you're in the moment this is another song that rocks back and forth like the beethoven sure like, this is a song i could foresee her just sitting at a piano or this is this is almost like a lullaby i could see her singing one of her children to sleep to this song just without the music behind her um she has had an incredible like she's had like a tom waits type tragedy story behind her she had twins and she lost one of them before it was one year old oh for god's sake the not this album but to get the album before it made she sold her car and her wedding ring it was turned down 30 times um her oh she's she's her life is a country song and I, you know, I listened to a bit of it, but then I went to the show and I was down in close and I fell so hard. I felt myself lifted. So I've never met her, but I feel like she would get me. <laughs> um, she just sounds like a classic. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is again, very old sounding music. Um, and that's the other thing. Again, when great slide guitar there. Yeah. Now we're into this this moment of lift at the end like the vocals are gone we're into this nice beautiful little old school you know down home nashville lift at the end of the song um i was also raised on country music and country music is more my father's music i was raised on kenny rogers and dolly parton and sure alabama and willie Nelson. Yeah, absolutely so this, to me sounds like home and yet it's fresh yeah yeah, this is very 2018. Is the rest of the record really good? Yes. She's got two records out plus a little EP, and I I can listen to it all straight through um, if I'm having a down day. Nowhere fast. Nowhere fast. So, so that takes one. us to... That takes us to um the last track on your playlist and um i'm excited to hear what you have to say about this so i'll <laughs> shut up and uh and do you want me to hold off on playing it do you want to talk or so let's play this is another one like the beethoven where we repeat and repeat and repeat and that there's a reason for that okay but let's let one of the repetitions play through so people can get an idea of this melody because it really is lovely
calmer already. So this is the end title sequence and the main theme from a much maligned movie from 2012 called Cloud Atlas with a huge cast, including Tom Hanks and Holly Berry and Ben Wishaw and just oh Hugo Weaving, tons and tons and tons of others. And that was 2012. 2012. People either love this movie or they hate it. And I know a lot of people who hate it. Um, if Ariel Fisher is listening to this podcast, she's already like seething. Um, <laughs> but the notion of this movie is that it is six stories set throughout history, like both the distant past and even into the distant future. And that a lot of these stories have common themes, common elements. There, there's actors that appear in just about every one of them. I think there's one actor that appears in all of them, but several actors appear in more than one in different iterations of themselves. So you've got this idea that the time will change and the place will change and the faces will change, but you're going to go through the same things. You're going to go through the same joys and the same pain and the same creation and the same destruction. And I find that notion both calming and, you know, slightly ominous. Like there's no mistake I'm going to make that somebody else hasn't already made and somebody else isn't going to make. And there's nothing amazing I'm going to do that somebody else isn't going to do too and hearing all that in this notes and the way that it lifts and goes on and everything and it kind of gets underscored by these strings and gets underscored by the the bass and everything like that as it goes on and these spirals slightly change but stay the same Um, by the end of the song I'm usually either ready to you know go for a jog or just lay down and weep depending on what day it is um and it's and it's a it's the the music is central to the story it's very relaxing i I think you said that like i'm sinking into my chair um it's uplifting too like and it's gonna keep right like it's a long track it's it's there's no small accident that it's the last track we're talking about and that we're talking over it because otherwise your listeners would be just <laughs> listening to a tune for seven minutes and change. But it's very calming, but it has these slight variations on the same turn. And it sounds like a spiral. That part right there. Yeah. And, and yet, you know what? There's, um, I don't know if you can see my leg, but there is a through line that is again rocking. Yeah, it's like a heartbeat at the center of it. Yeah, you know, um, the song. You know, we, I was talking with some of the other songs about what the song feels like. This song to me feels like a half-remembered dream. Um, I have a long-ass memory. Uh, you watch Game of Thrones? No. There's a character on it who's kind of the one of the counselors, like one of the political advisors. And he says his curse is that he doesn't forget a thing. And sometimes I think that about myself because I can remember everything I've done wrong. I can remember a lot of what I've done right, but I can remember every time I screwed up. And 
the one thing I do wish I could remember more is my dreams. I might remember them when I first wake up, but I won't remember them later. And I, I kind of want that. I kind of want a little, a few gaps that I've got to fill in. Uh, and that's what this song feels like to me. It feels like a dream that I'm trying to fill in some gaps. That's wild. It sounds strange to say that I actually no. want spaces in. I memory. think there are people out there that you know can probably relate to that. Yeah. Um, I used to have a really good memory. <laughs> <laughs> At least I think I did. Well, it. <laughs> you've been saving that one. Um, well, I mean, you came onto my show and we were talking about uh, various songs by the Tragically Hip, and we were talking about various other songs and various other movies. And you were saying, I know I've seen them, but I don't remember them. And I said, I envy you that. I always envy somebody being able to experience something for the first time or to have an original thought. You know, sometimes that's just what I'm looking for in the middle of the day is I'm looking to think about something else. You know, my brain is fixated on one thing, sometimes negative, sometimes anxiety-inducing, sometimes dark. And I'm just like, I just want to think about anything else. You know? but I can't because I know this and I'm remembering this. So now we're basically flying in this song. Kind of makes me feel like a superhero. strange because it's the song that's it's the longest and it's the one that's the most calming for me but the one i had the least to say about when i was thinking about these songs because it's just it's one that i just know can take me where i need to go and i can't really articulate why but again kind of like the beethoven one that starts out so soft that you really have to pay attention that really just kind of holds you and now at this point, you're, it's basically like ready to fire you into space. And it's going to end with a crash. It's like the end of a day in a life. Yeah, I can hear that. I could listen to that. I could listen to that a few times in a row. For sure. You'd lose half a day because it's a long track. Yeah, it's a long song, but that's okay. <laughs> I got time. I got time. Wow. Well, yeah, I will listen to this playlist again, and and you can as well. I'm going to publish this on Apple Music. Uh, It'll be published under the name Ryan Songs of Strength. And Ryan, I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing these Songs of Strength and um, helping encourage courage. Uh, Wonderful of you to do. It's been my honor, man. Thanks so much. Play us out, Hoxley. Fuck you, you're drunk. Wait.
Wasn't Ryan great? That was my sit down with Ryan. Uh, I had a really good time. I think he had a great time. If you had a great time, let me know what you think. If you want to track down these songs, uh, I am on Apple Music at Jamie Dew. You can find this playlist at Ryan-Songs of Strength. Ryan does a lot of great work over at thematinee.ca. If you're interested in his cinematic passion and perspective, please visit www.matinee.ca. And don't forget to rate and review his podcast. So that's it for now. I'll be back next month, the first Sunday of August, with a new guest and six new songs that we can listen to and derive some strength from together as we work to encourage courage. Be well and stay safe. A show of strength is a movement where I try to encourage courage. You can subscribe, rate, and review the various shows we produce at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, including how to connect on social, please visit www.ashowofstrength.com.